Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, back here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Bonus Burns and Gambo here as we take you right up until pregame coverage of the Suns and the Sacramento Kings. 7 o'clock tip time. You'll hear it here on Arizona Sports. And the guy who will be describing it to you is our good friend, John Bloom, who joins us live from Sacramento, getting ready to call tonight's game. Bloomer, what's going on, my friend? How you doing? I'm doing well. And uh, props to whoever slid in the little Depeche Mode on the rejoin there uh, as we sit here at Golden One Center. That's who was rocking the house here last night. Uh, for many of the people on the road, they were uh, perturbed by that because they couldn't get a restaurant reservation or a burger or a drink at the hotel because this place was mob scene last night. I don't think they were expecting as many modern rockers from the, the 90s to make their way to Sacramento. But that was the scene last night. Tonight, it's two of the best teams in the Western Conference. Very excited uh, to hopefully see this Suns team uh, start to get into a little better form here tonight. I didn't get to ask you, would you know, be the series? Syracuse guy. How did you feel about Bayheim retiring? Oh, Gambo. Uh, listen, Jimmy Bayheim, from my standpoint, had a great run as a head coach at Syracuse. I was there my entire life. And uh, I think it, it was time for him to make a move. Uh, you know, he stayed a little bit longer than I think a lot of us thought, and that was because he had his kids come play for him. Uh, and that must have been awesome for the Bayheim family. I know it was, just hearing them talk about that experience. But now, I think it is time to pass the torch. I have a lot of respect for Red Autry. He was the point guard my freshman year. Uh, Adrian Autry, who took over. And then, of course, Jerry McNamara, the guy who helped Carmelo win the championship in 03, is his associate head coach. So I like the direction that they're headed in. Uh, it's going to be a challenge. Now you got Rick Pitino to recruit against uh, in yeah. New York City. So, yeah, it's almost like a, a flashback in some ways to uh, my time in the Big East. You know, we've talked about the Sacramento team a lot today. The one thing that makes them very special is the Aaron Fox's ability to close out games. Nobody in the league better close game situation, final five minutes than De'Aaron Fox. He's been great. He really has. Uh, you know, he's doing the things that Devin Booker was doing uh, in crunch time the last couple seasons. And, uh, you know, for this Sacramento team, I think the, the one of the biggest elements of their success has been continuity. And uh, the fact that they haven't been bit by the injury bug that so many teams across, across the league have been. But I don't want to just say that that's why they're so good. De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis are both clearly stars in this league. They're both all-stars and they're both, uh, you know, dangerous in such different ways. Uh, they can both be the hubs of activity and DeMontis Sabonis is now getting triple-doubles on the regular. He leads the Kings in assists, but De'Aaron Fox can create for his teammates as well as himself. So I think that uh, that's what makes him very dangerous. That is a, a tough duo to contend with. Being that you're calling a lot of these games, you're following a lot of this action, I'm curious from your perspective just when you analyze the western conference and the threats and the tough spots and the soft spots not that i want you to call anybody any names or anything but how do you assess this sacramento kings team when compared to the rest of the west when the suns are whole and the playoffs start in a few weeks i mean that's the that last little caveat burns we can't sleep on because we're just saying when the suns are whole which is something that we're all envisioning with kevin durant deandre and obviously missing right now, uh, 
that's a whole different basketball team when you include them with who the Suns have. So what I'm going to do is answer your question about the Sacramento Kings and tell you that they remind me a lot of the Phoenix Suns when they ended their playoff drought a couple of years ago. And I think this crowd and this vibe here at Golden One Center will also bring back memories and has already when we made it here earlier this year because they were already feeling that they might have something special early in the season. And now we know they have something special. They have their first winning season locked up already for the first time in 17 years. And now they're trying to end that 16-year playoff drought. And they are very close to doing that. We all expect it to happen. It's a foregone conclusion. So I think they are going to ride that wave of energy like the Suns did a couple of years ago. Does that mean they're going to make their way to the finals in the Western Conference? They would need things to break their way, uh, much like it did for the Phoenix Suns in 2021. But uh, it certainly could happen. Uh, I, I wouldn't put it past them. All this continuity has led to a whole lot of confidence, and it's a vibe here in Sacramento. Yeah, it's you know fascinating when you go back to the Tyrese Halliburton trade where it kind of all started getting Sabonis in right there. Wasn't very popular at the time because Halliburton was such a beloved figure. They drafted him. They were developing him, but that's ended up being a great trade for them. Sabonis has come in. He's been a leader. He's a, He gives them a lot of toughness, scoring, rebounding, and you know him and, and Fox together have been really good. It's a great call. It's funny. I look up on the big screen here. They're showing the Pacers and the Celtics just as you bring up Tyrese Halliburton, and you know people here in Sacramento are keeping an eye on that too because you're right. A lot of negativity when that deal went down towards the Kings side of it. They thought they didn't get enough for a young uh, you know, potential star guard, and while Halliburton had an amazing start to the season, dealt with some injuries, the Pacers had that great start to the season, but they've started to flame out, and here you are. The Kings just continue to stack wins, 43 of them right now and counting. Are you, John Bloom, Suns play-by-play announcer, Suns broadcaster, our guest, he's live in Sacramento, he's getting ready to call the game that's coming up at 7 o'clock. We've got bonus Burns and Gambo here. Are you expecting or anticipating seeing anything different out of the Suns given the struggles over the last couple of days? And I could ask you the question about the free throw disparity. If you want to fold that into the answer, you certainly can. But it's it's been a grind these last couple of games. Are you expecting to see anything different tonight, Bloomer? Uh, you know, I, I don't know how much they can change as far as rotations or guys that are on the floor. What I would like to see if somehow they can just not let whatever whistles are taking place get to them uh, and just stay focused on playing their game. I know that's easy for me to say sitting way up here at the top of the lower bowl and looking down uh, with a headset on but I think it has to happen right now because I think they're letting it get to them and that's where they can you know again just give another chance to the opposition to beat them and they don't need to be doing that now when they're already down Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton you need everything to go your way to beat a team like the Sacramento Kings and that includes potentially getting the benefit of the whistle I have no idea how they're going to do that Monty Williams made a joke just ending his pregame media availability asking all of us if we wanted to contribute to his $20,000 fine that he was given by the league uh, and I think Kevin Ray uh, joked that he could start a GoFundMe account so I think if you want to keep a lookout for that on the social channels maybe the one will be created but I don't know if that is going to lead to officials changing the way they're calling the Phoenix Suns on the basketball court uh, what, what Tim and I always focus on when we're calling the action is looking for consistency just making sure that the officials are calling it the way that they're calling it for both teams on the floor and oftentimes over the course of the last uh, several weeks and uh, in some Suns fans minds probably years and decades uh, they haven't felt that way so uh, hopefully we can start to have a better feel with regards to that or it just goes into the background which is what should happen when officials 
officiating is uh, done the right way, we don't talk about it, do we, fellas? No, the other thing we're looking at, Bloomer, is just the rotations. You know, T.J. Warren wasn't playing, then he was really the first sub off the bench if you discount that Bismack Biombo came out with two fouls for Jacques Landau in that last game. He went to T.J. Warren. We're really trying to see if, you know, Monty can figure out the right rotations with the bench guys. He's really struggled playing a lot of guys and not really finding the right fits for the right guys off the bench. Yeah, and think about it. I mean, just think about how big of a role uh, Kevin Durant plays on a basketball team when he's playing. And so you get that chance. Well, first of all, you wait three weeks after the trade. Then you finally get the chance to put him in the lineup. You get the three games. You tell the guys, all right, these are going to be your roles while Kevin Durant's on the floor. Everybody starts to kind of embrace that, figure it out together. Now they got a, a, a kind of a wrap around it. And then he goes down. And now you got to wait another couple weeks. And during those couple weeks, you're playing against every hungry team possible because now with the play and everybody feels like they've got a chance. So there's no easy games. And you're tr- you're dealing with players trying to adapt to different roles at this part of the season. That is not a recipe for victories in the NBA when you're still adapting. So I'm not trying to bail the guys out that might be not performing at their best. I'm just telling you from a human being standpoint, when you have to adjust on the fly as much as this group has, that's a difficult task, especially when you're going up against the Kings team that's had all that continuity we already talked about. Yeah, Bloomer, good stuff as always. Uh, we'll listen to you on the way home. Thanks for the time as always. We'll see you when you get back, okay? Have a great weekend, fellas. You Bye, too. Bloomer.